Good evening, everybody. This is the Truth, Justice, and the American Way. This is Ian Hand coming at you live. It is a lovely, cold, frigid-ish uh, Midwestern evening tonight. I hope you guys are all having a good time out there. Oh, man, what a week. Eh, not really. It's actually been pretty boring. I'm actually liking boring more than just way too chaotic. You know how that might be. So what happened this week? Well, I mean, in general, what happened this week was I watched a combat cast on February 5th. It was rescheduled. We had some characters announced for Mortal Kombat 11. We will talk about that later on. And other fun news when it comes to other fighting games, specifically the anime fighter Jump Force finally got their final roster number of 42 characters. I believe 43 just at the making of this video, but oh, whatever. So, with that being said, there's 40 characters from your favorite animes and mangas so far, with two original characters from Akira Toriyama, who has been the co-creator, who basically was the sole creator of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. So that's pretty cool. You can see their own art direction going in there, so it's going to be a lot of Akira Toriyama representation. Awesome. Basically, um, we're basically looking for nine other characters to be announced for DLC. I believe the first one was already... Uh, given to me, but I don't know his name. I don't know the anime he's from, and I'm sure as hell not going to care. You know me. I only know the anime that I know of. I think that's pretty fair. All right, folks. And as you probably know that I specifically like video games. I mean, obviously I'm talking about them right now. And basically the one thing I did most of this week was talk about Kingdom Hearts my friends Mark and AJ are really big into that game series, and they decided to uh, kind of share with me their uh, overall love of the game. Overall, I was actually pretty happy to say, hey, what's all this thing about Kingdom Hearts? So they decided to uh, show me some cutscenes and watching them actually play the Kingdom Hearts 3 that just came out uh, late uh, January. And so far, it's actually pretty cool. I actually got to watch a couple summary videos and other stuff like that, and... I gotta say, I love it. What is there not to love about this ridiculously confusing game? I was originally thinking to myself, like, wow, this is a lot of crap to take in. It takes place, like, over a hundred years, and I'm thinking to myself, like, wait, I have a whole bunch of series that I have that take place over hundreds of years, so this shouldn't be any trouble. And I feel like it's pretty, well, alright, and we're kind of pass around the overall hashtag that Terra did nothing wrong. Terra is the true hero of Kingdom Hearts. Don't tell me otherwise also we did i was on my on my first appearance of lizard liquors here on ap radio austin albert josh and i talked about some nice beer new gladys i believe it is um was the brewer we talked about it's in wisconsin they had a lot of nice light beers and i think that my overall uh, our overall consensus was if you have never had craft beer before in your freaking life please Give it a good try to, uh, this is a perfect stepping stone if you want to get into craft beer, if you do like beer in general. It's a nice way to showcase that someone's overall love and passion for the drink itself has been given to us through the creation of it. We I had Spotted Cow in the past, and that was their feature at beer, and it was pretty good. So yeah, watch that episode whenever it comes on live on iTunes. That'll be pretty fun. We were a little chaotic, just giving you a little bit of a heads up. We were a little crazy. But hopefully uh, this next Monday, we're going to be talking about, I believe it's going to be uh, Three Floyds. Yeah, we're going to do a uh, taste test with uh, Three Floyds. So hopefully that turns out pretty well. 
because Three Floyds is the uh, brewery that's really close to us, and it's pretty damn famous if you guys haven't heard about it and you're hearing about it through other means. So definitely check that out. It's going to be Monday night, uh, the 11th. Let me double-check that uh, calendar real quick, boys. Yes, the 11th at 8.30, and it goes for probably two to three hours. So if you guys just want to kick back, relax, and pop a couple brewskis with us while we talk about beer, please give us a chance. We're pretty fun, and it's basically just four dudes talking about beer that we all love. And I think it's going to be nice because we all love this brewery. So you're going to see a lot of passion come out of it. So, yeah, tell your friends if you guys want to talk about that good old lizard. It's going to be Lizard Liquors. I don't know about the official spelling because I'm really bad at being a team player about this so far. But as far as I know, just check it out out at 830. Tell your friends who love beer drinking. It's really fun. I really love it. So give that a chance. Still no job. Please employ me. I don't care if it's something really cool, especially nowadays with all these freaking stupid people going out so far in the month of February. I am awesome at PR, guys. Let me be your PR representative. I charge decently for a PR person, but I mean like your personal PR guy, especially if you're like a politician or a celebrity. I will charge you more, but out of love. All right, so to kick things off, for those who are just joining me in general on my crusade for the third episode, I was talking about superheroes and comic books and stuff like that. And I felt like that it was about a two-hour show, and I thought, yeah, I can totally do this for two hours every week. And by, like, the second episode, I'm thinking to myself, geez, I don't know. I don't know if I can talk about specifically superheroes by myself in a room for two hours. And I thought to myself that, well, I do talk a little bit about video games. I do talk about movies that I'm all interested in. Like, I should probably just change the focus of my show. And I know that does sound kind of dicey, and I know it sounds like something that, like, why would I do that when I had a system that might have worked? Well, it's pretty simple. I feel like it's just really hard to focus on one topic when there's so much else going on in the world that probably needs my input in one way, shape, or form. I feel like that superheroes in general are just a little too specific, and I don't have a specific audience currently. I have my girlfriend and my friends who are selflessly doing a good job and checking out my show, which I appreciate for them doing. And even if they're not doing it, the fact that it's out there and they're doing it for me is honestly enough. And I really appreciate all the friends out there. Please just give me a nice little call one day. And we might have a system coming up soon to uh, have some uh, fan integration. And even if it's just my friends and stuff like that, you know, I still appreciate it all regardless. But basically just new ideas in general. These are all basically kind of spitballing here. So basically what I want to talk about specifically is just anything that's really appealing. Anything that kind of happens this week that I kind of want to talk about. But yeah, it's still going to be a Ian Han flavor. It's going to probably be about celebrities. It's going to be about entertainment, period. It's going to be about comic books, obviously, still. The whole, one of the biggest topics I want to talk about today are comic book related. And there's going to be uh, just anything that really interests me. Because I can't just talk about one thing. Like, I can't just do one thing. I can't just be one kind of person for the rest of my life. I hope you guys like the idea 
so yeah, let's get started. So the, basically, the main reason I kind of want to talk about things is that, Jesus Christ, there is a lot of stupid people in this world. It's only been 38-ish days, 39 days into freaking 2019, and it just feels rough. I know the concept of the new year kind of thing is obviously like there's no such thing as the new year and stuff like that, but it kind of gives me a little hope to break up stupidity at least by 365 days. So then I can finally feel like, okay, clean slate, let's start the whole new shit all over. But God, it's ridiculous. So basically, the biggest idea about like how much I hate stupid people. I mean, for God's sake, on my way here, three people didn't use their turn signal. And they know how to use a turn signal. They have them built in. They're all brand new cars. Nobody wanted to use a turn signal. It drives me crazy. And I think it should drive anybody crazy. And I think it's enough is enough. So basically, it's just like, I just need to... I just need to start saying it. I need to finally come out and say that I hate stupid people. Now, I'm not trying to claim that I'm intelligent by any way, shape, or form, but at least I know common decency and courtesy. If I'm anywhere near anybody, I'm going to put my turn signal on. It's just something that I should do to let people know to go around me instead of just sitting there. It's just something that we as a nation have lost. We as a species have lost. And I feel like that if I keep shaming people... Hopefully, we can basically just bully people into being more decent people. That's just the hope, and I really hope you guys enjoy it. So, let's kick things off with really what happened this week. So, for those who don't know anything about... For those who, you know, don't know anything about February who live in America, it's Black History Month. Black History Month which is ironically also the shortest month of the year. I guess they just couldn't handle it being any other month. Black History Month is specifically about the great contributions that African Americans have made in the overall history of this country. Especially despite the fact that for a long time, African Americans were not really considered, you know, people. They were considered property for a very long period of time, and even after that kind of whole Emancipation Proclamation process, that stuff still didn't really go well until 1966, a whole about 100 years later, and we still have racial injustice every day. So basically, any chance that African Americans can have a good, solid win is amazing. And I think that in 2008, they got one of the biggest wins ever by having an African-American become the president. And it's still such a great overall contribution, showcasing that once upon a time, they were considered, like, what, five-sevenths of a person or something fucking ridiculous? And now now they ran a country. It's just stuff like that that just makes me think, wow, I really suck, even though I'm an Irishman, not a white guy. I will die on that hill forever, showcasing the difference. So, how do we usually celebrate Black History Month? Well, in school, they usually showcase some really great African-American inventors and creators and just overall great people who help out their community. I just saw somebody, I forgot her name, but she was living in Riverdale, where actually I know pretty closely in Illinois, she started a natural hair uh, 
company through things that she found in her home. And now it's like this multi-million dollar business that she now runs out of Crown Point, Indiana. Amazing, inspiring stuff. And everyone else is basically bitching on the internet like, where's White History Month? It's the other 11 months out of the year. Let's just pretend for a second, guys. It's, it's ridiculous at how whiny white people can possibly freaking get when when they just they're asking for 28 days occasionally 29 they're, they don't even get a full month calm the fuck down about it but in other things a lot of the stupid things that we just see arise is a lot of politicians are just doing blackface and this is not obviously not a political channel by any means and i'm definitely not going to be that guy that cross into that territory it's just it's an alarming number of people who went to college back in the 70s and 80s and even the 90s who just put on blackface. It's just like, it's as much as a ridiculous stereotype that I never knew was that much of a thing that it could be a stereotype. And I always discuss about stereotypes at 613, both AM and PM. Mark that down. 613 is blackface time for that whole minute. Now, it's not going to be doing blackface. It's going to be talking about how stupid it is. Why? I know once upon a time it might have been the whole thing because you didn't want to hire a black actor, but you still wanted to have black portrayal. But yeah, it's not 1912 anymore, and the wheel has been well invented, and cinema is way popular now. For God's sake, we have a all-black cast movie that's getting announced for an Oscar for Best Picture. We have a black director who's been making a whole bunch of really inspiring racial movies who's being nominated for Best Director and his movie Best Picture, and we have stupid white guys doing blackface. Okay, stupid blackface rant over because it's now 614. Basically, it just showcases just how advanced we are as a species and just how stupid older generations are. It's not the millennials we need to worry about, ladies and gentlemen. It's literally everyone before us. Because, yeah, we're stupid. Yes, we have our moments. But I don't think any one of us is going to put blackface on. I'm not trying to speak for that in that regard of the generation, but I could definitely guarantee you that none of my friends would put on blackface. And if they do, they're not my friend anymore. Basically kind of my own little way of saying, like, it's a loophole. Hooray. But the one thing that I will definitely be talking about specifically is a celebrity who decided to kind of just decide to shotgun his own career. First, it was Kevin Hart who decided to back, who to stand by his racist, his homophobic tweets that eventually cost him the host of the Oscars, which was the ridiculous endorsement from, of course, Ellen DeGeneres of all people, to call to reinstate Kevin Hart as the host. They are that desperate that they are letting a gay woman tell the Academy to let a homophobic man host the oscars that's how much nobody wants to host the oscars i mean heck i'll host the oscars for a price because i only have like 20 tweets and as far as i know they're not racist homophobic sexist or anything except i think i was basically i just tweeted on my switch and i just had a thing zoomed in and said end the shutdown i think that was the only thing i have that can be considered dicey that i want the government to do its job how dare i but so basically, that was the thing in January, and now it's February, and I feel like that Liam Neeson was doing the equivalent of hold my beer while I decided to basically just ruin my career. 
He's doing some stupid-ass movie. I think it's like Cold Encounter, which is basically Mr. Plow from The Simpsons if his if his son wasn't a shit and got murdered. So he decides to murder people with said snowplow. Did anyone hear about... I mean, obviously people are talking about this. So let me see which is the specific one. Nope. All right. So in an interview for his... Oh, it's Cold Pursuit. I'm so sorry. Basically, all right, so one of the things that he did was that during an interview for this Cold Pursuit, he talked about where he got the character inspiration from. He talked about a really tragic story about how one of his close friends was raped. And as a result of that rape, he knew it was a black man, but she didn't know anything else about her attacker. So Liam Neeson, in his primal rage, was going across the streets, scouring for any black bastard across his path. You know, look, okay, I'm not trying to say that what he said was good. I'm not trying to say anything along those lines. It's more along the why factor of anything. It's like, I understand that he could have been like, okay, well, here's the thing. I have two different ways he could have said this. He could have talked a little bit more about that there was something tragic that happened to my friend. We only knew what the guy looked like, but we didn't know who did it. So I kind of scoured the streets in his primal rage. And if there was any other questions, it could have been like that. You didn't have to go that specific. Like, I understand he probably was like feeling like, oh my God, this is terrible. I need to really fix how things are i need to get this off my chest but how specifically you get things off your chest i think you know i just think you should have just stopped right there and been as vague as humanly possible and i'm not trying to tell you how to feel and i'm obviously like again liam neeson i am a good pr guy i could have helped you right before you went out for that interview if someone asks you how you get that inspiration murderous mr plow or the Taken franchise, but this time it's a snowplow is my weapon. I gave you two great ideas right there. Now, again, I'm not trying to say that I don't see where he's coming from. Obviously, rape is terrible, and it's horrible that it happened to his friend, and I don't wish any ill will upon them after that. What I will say, though, which kind of drives me a little crazy, is that not only how specific he said it, was that he thought he can just say it, in 2019 and not get away get away with it and just you know just get oh be like oh yeah i totally learned my lesson i'm totally fine now guys it's not like i'm trying to say that we're too sensitive to have something like this be told to us or be able to have a conversation but it is still a pretty screwed up thing because regardless of the fact that he said oh well, I'm scouring the streets looking for anybody who resembles her attacker. I'm not trying to say that, that that's uncalled for, because obviously if you live in a neighborhood and something terrible terrible happens to somebody that you know or care about, or heaven forbid, someone who's actually related to you, and the only thing you know about is the race and the gender of said person. And if you still continue to live in that neighborhood afterwards because of financial reasons, or you're just in that neighborhood because you have faith and not everyone's like that, I can tell that in the back of your head, anytime you see a certain person of the demographic of that person who committed the crime, you're going to be a little skeptical. 
But as long as you just don't take it out on anybody else, it's fine. But, like, you obviously grow out of it. You obviously realize that it's one asshole amongst an entire demographic of people. And you just get on with it. I just feel like that he maybe shouldn't have said it. I think you could have just said it differently. I understand. Hey, honesty is honesty is the best policy. But not if it's something like that. Maybe you should have just been like, okay, vague and cryptic not specific and light and career ruining because as a result of these tweets or not not the tweets i'm sorry god i'm still thinking about stupid ass kevin hart yuck basically one of the calls is to have liam neeson actually be digitally removed from men in black now i'm not trying to say i'm not going to say is this an overreaction or anything like that this is a straight up just consequence for the action because I'm not trying to say that, oh, if Liam Neeson gets digitally removed from Men in Black, that's the right thing or the wrong thing to do. But that is now a consequence of his actions regardless, because now that conversation has to be had. Is Liam Neeson going to have be digitally removed from Men in Black? I don't know. We don't have that idea yet. But the idea that that's now in the works and now as a talking point about it, it's now the case. It's now his reality that now he's going to be ruining. He's going to be missing out on any extra money he can get. And obviously we're all shedding a tear for Liam Neeson's paycheck of all things. But now that's going to be something that's like, now it's going to be awkward. That's the biggest problem that I just feel like he just didn't even have cross his mind. It's going to be awkward for him, for anyone to work with him, for anyone to ever hire him or to talk about him in a positive light. I bet it's kind of awkward for fans, especially black men, to kind of feel like, okay, I don't really know how I feel about a guy who, if I if I crossed his path at a certain period of time, I could have been killed just for, you know, being like, hey, it's Liam Neeson, or just, you know, being a guy just dicking around. I could have been killed because this guy had primal rage. And now he's also making it awkward, which is the perfect time for him to try to fix things. He's now dodging freaking interviews, especially with the um, the Late Show appearance that's supposed to happen. Hmm, when is, they don't even say when it's supposed to happen. Okay. Wow, that's a lot of comments on this video. So... Basically, the thing I'm trying to say, I was trying to find what day he was supposed to show up on it, but they didn't tell me that article. Basically, he was supposed to, he canceled his late show appearance promoting his movie because now it's like, obviously, Stephen Colbert is not going to let something like that freaking slide. He's obviously onto Liam Neeson. Look, now that it's basically, he could have just struck when the iron is hot. He could have had that really awkward time. He could have said, look, I sh probably shouldn't have said that. It was 40 years ago. I just felt like I needed to get it off my chest. I now know better that that's not who I am. And it's kind of just like that kind of stupid thing you think about in high school. Now, I've done some pretty stupid things in high school and more specifically grade school. I am definitely not proud of any of those things. And all the women that I now, all the girls that I have now grown up probably still think of me as a complete weirdo and a creep. And I have to live with that. I completely live with that. What I don't live with is the fact that I would ever scour the streets looking for one person, looking for any person to match one person's specific demographic 
and decided to pull a hate crime because, oh, that same person raped my friend. It's not like an eye for an eye, unless you knew it was specifically the guy. That's all I gotta say. If you knew who the guy was, have at it. Vigilante justice the fuck out of that dude. Because he should learn not to rape people. I think that's something that everyone should learn how to do when without being told. I can't believe that one has to be written down in the terms of rule books. But just like everything else, stupid people ruin everything for everyone else. Thank you, stupid people. So basically what I have to say is, is Leo Neeson's career over? Probably not. Is it fucked right now? Oh, God. Yes. It's going to be awkward, and since he's not going in there, he's dodging this interview. He's dodging interviews like he's got a bone spur and he can't go to the draft. He's dodging these things better than any professional boxer I've ever seen. He's making he's making freaking Floyd Mayweather stand his ground and fucking t- throw a punch. That's how much this guy's running around the ring instead of doing damage control because it's only going to make it worse. It's only going to make it more awkward. But I know for a fact that now the most realistic thing that's going to happen is that either Liam Neeson is going to be digitally removed from Men in Black. That specifically might not or may or may not happen, but since that talk is going to happen, Hollywood is definitely going to big about let's please people. Especially now, like I said, during Black History Month, when Black Panther, of all movies, got the whole best picture and Spike Lee... Both got his movie and his direct and for best director, two Oscar nominations for him. They're definitely going to be trying to save some face because of the fact that their black dude who they were going to have host the Oscars in terms of that is a homophobic dude who for some reason really stood behind those stupid tweets. So I feel like that if they can't have Kevin Hart take down his tweets, they're going to take down Liam Neeson digitally in Men in Black. Just because in the spirit of things, it's kind of like a politician or a guy running for public office would attend a public execution of an inmate. It's just for some reason it was like something in good faith, like, yes, I saw this shit to the end. I don't know why that was a thing, but I feel like that just to kind of have that same kind of good graces. Liam Neeson might be completely axed from the film of Men in Black, who's completely to say, but with the technology that actually does exist out there, they can take Paul... Uh, God, Paul Ryan? No, no, not Paul Ryan. The guy from Fast and Furious, who I can't fucking remember his name. If they can digitally put him in, they can digitally take Liam Neeson out and replace him with that same guy. Because it's like, oh, he returned from the dead and did this one movie. Cool, bye. I still feel like that. I'm like, why didn't they bring back Tommy Lee Jones? He could have been the old dude. Like, why does it have to be Liam Neeson? Did Tommy Lee Jones do the right thing and say no? Is Will Smith supposed to be in this movie? I don't know anything about this Men in Black reboot, and I think it's perfect that I don't. So I feel like that Liam Neeson should be taken aback from these stupid things. I think he should be taken out of Men in Black, and I feel like he should have taken the opportunity to do damage control. But I don't think I have another idea for taken. Is he taken out of context? No. Should he have taken measures to maybe sound a little bit better in this interview and maybe just say something really vague? Yes, he should have, without a doubt. But I feel like we should just take a we should be taking a break from Liam Neeson and focus again on more positive things for Black History Month. I feel like just go you know 
just go watch some stuff. Um, I think you should really go watch the uh, David Letterman interview with Barack Obama. And my next guest, uh, my next guest is really beautiful interview. I think it's about a year old now, but it's still so beautiful to this day. It's a really, really beautiful interview. It's on Netflix. Uh, David Letterman's got a nice beard. I don't, I don't know when he's going to have another season of that. It's a really good season. A really good show about David Letterman doing what he does best is just talking to people for an hour. He did some really good stuff with George Clooney and, again, Barack Obama. He also did some really funny ones with, uh... oh, my God, Tina Fey. Tina Fey. How can I forget? Tina Fey is one of my very few, like, favorite female celebrities because she's so damn funny and so damn creative. All right, so we're going to say taking a break from Liam Neeson. Okay, that's my last one, I swear. And now Mortal Kombat 11's got me worried. Because what Liam Neeson did was that he made himself look like an idiot and decided to put himself in an awkward position as a person to sell himself as a brand. Now Ed Boon has decided to take his own product that he's trying to sell people on April 23rd and now has put a pretty big Mortal Kombat fan and made him worried about the game as a whole. Now, Combat Cast was on the 5th, and the two characters that they showed off was the obvious choice of Cabal, because they kind of teased him during the original live stream uh, invitational event. And Cabal's cool. He's got more of his claim to fame in Mortal Kombat 9 for overall fame or infamy, depending on how you really played as him in the game. But that's not besides the point. And, I mean, he looks cool. He's just not my kind of character. He's really fast. He's got cool hook weapons. And they also have an unburnt version because for all the games he's in, he's, like, burnt up so bad his lungs are, like, destroyed. So he's got some cool respirator thing. And they have, like, the whole before the burning thing happen. Like, that's pretty cool. But at the same time, I don't really know how to feel about it. He's just someone I didn't really want to see come back, and I don't need to see come back. That's just me. And with Devora. Another character from Mortal Kombat X who came back. But let's be real here. I don't care about her at all. She's that really gross B chick from the last game that killed off two major characters. And for some reason, they're both back, I think, so far. And you're just... And I'm just thinking to myself, like, I don't know anybody who really liked her. I mean, like, every time I see more people saying, like, oh, yeah, she was cool. But, like, I think to myself, like, there's a lot less people that I know who do, who hate her, or who like her, than who hate her. I can definitely tell you that one definitely outweighs the other. But at the same time, I don't really care because I really have my hype killed. Mortal Kombat has been a pretty interesting game, and I always love the series and I love the characters. I feel like that... They peaked with some of the PS2 games by just throwing any kind of character that creation they kind of did and just threw it at the wall and saw what stuck. And it worked for the most part. What I feel like that doesn't work now is the fact that they have so much of a legacy. This is their 11th game, not counting spin-off games, which is only like probably two or three. But this is their 11th fighting game title. It's obviously clear that they have a lot of characters that they're not going to be able to put in. It's just a th- fact, and I feel like that with Mortal Kombat X, they really were able to put in a lot of really cool ideas and some really cool characters. They brought in some characters like Triborg, who basically put four characters into one character. 
and it worked really well. I don't feel like they're going to have that same kind of creativity when it comes to Eleven. I'm not trying to say their creativity is peaked. The game looks gorgeous. The overall fighting is brutal, and the fatalities are just as gross as you expect them to be. What scares me more, though, is the fact that, you know, what else is there going to be? It's only a 25-character base roster, 26 with Shao Kahn if you pre-order the game before April 23rd. Now, the thing that has me more worried about the game, I think is more of a tie to WB Games kind of business practice. And that business practice is... They talked about DLC before the game has even come out. And I know that that's a thing that happens a lot more now. For those out there who are not video game like terminology savvy... DLC stands for downloadable content. And what downloadable content is, is basically whenever you walk by a game store, you see it in the shelf, like, okay, say you're like at Target or Walmart or something, you go past the gaming section, you see all that, the games in the case. Basically, that's up to the base. That's the base game. That's what a base game normally is. And depending on who the publisher is or who the big guy behind controlling the strings are, that's the kind of person who, dep- who depends on how finished a product is. Some game companies kind of give you a really beefy product for that $60 at the base. When you see Ultimate Edition or Golden Edition or Super Awesome Amazing Edition, you're obviously going to be seeing a lot more price tags. Basically, that gives you access to any DLC or post-base game launch. Basically, that showcases that, like, okay, the game on the shelf is the quote-unquote finished product. The next finished product, or anything that comes after it, will be the downloadable content, or just DLC for short. And there's always been that whole overall, like, controversy, I mean, hell, with a loot box system specifically, between Belgium just basically changing it to basically saying it's gambling, it's essentially gambling, and children are gambling, and video game companies are profiting off the fact that children are gambling. And I feel like that, thanks to Belgium, we now have a little bit of a more controlled market on it. But I don't know for a fact how well it's going to go, and I just, I'm not going to really kind of hold my breath in any way, shape, or form about it. And with something like NetherRealm Studios, who is currently tied to WB Games, the fact that he has to even mention it in a freaking live stream where the game comes out in about, I want to say since it's the 23rd, it's officially 10, 9 or 10 weeks, 10 weeks exactly since it comes out on a Friday, and today is a Friday. So we basically have 10 weeks out, and we have apparently a character pass, and we have the DLC, like that's what's going to knock your socks off. So for $60, I'm going to be underwhelmed, but if I pay like $99, I'm going to actually get the game that I want. That sounds fucked up, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, sure, I've done that with Street Fighter, and I know a lot of people want to call me out on it, but at least Capcom told you when the game's coming out, and they're working on these characters. Here are their names. We don't even have a picture of them, but these are the names of the characters. If you want them, here's the thing, but they didn't throw it down your throats. And in April, when I got Street Fighter, April 2016 was when I got Street Fighter, because that's just April 2016 was when I got Street Fighter. Sorry, I'm just uh, fighting with the little mic stand here because I want to change my position. Anyway, so it came out in February 2016. I waited about two months 
Two of those characters are already out. So I got more of the game at the base than I did if I would have gotten in February. So I already had, like, sure, it was still a small roster of 16 characters. I had 18 characters going on 19, going on 20, actually, by the time I actually got the other characters. It was basically, like, now it's a pretty beefy game, and I really hope they continue doing stuff. But the thing is, like, NetherRealm has got a lot more characters in their roster than Street Fighter because they have 11 games. That's basically doubling Street Fighter and then another game on top of it. It's annoying to see they're talking about DLC for a 25-slash-26-character roster. Obviously, they're trying to maybe... Maybe they'll have more characters before then, but Mortal Kombat X had 24 characters at their base, with 25 being Goro as a pre-order bonus, with 8 characters as DLC, bringing their roster up to 33. And the thing about NetherRealm games is that they don't really have a long-term plan. Basically, Mortal Kombat X had about a one to two year lifespan, which isn't really that surprising. But when it comes to a game that, like Street Fighter, had a five year plan in twenty twenty one, as opposed to be when it's over, we're only in the th- and we're in the fourth season so far. We're kind of weighing down, and I don't know if anything's actually going to happen with Street Fighter. But the thing is, they at least told us that they at least had five years of a plan for the game. NetherRealm has at least one to two, and then the next Injustice game comes out, and that's basically Mortal Kombat, but with DC characters. And then the same thing repeats. So basically, we can't really have enough time to let these games breathe and see if the hype dies out on their own, but if you keep maybe supporting the game, regular balance patches, extra characters here and there, you might be able to get more of a game squeezed out of it. I can't tell you for sure if that's going to be a thing. I can't tell you, but all it does is worry me that they're talking about give us more money for a complete game right off the bat. And it definitely doesn't really help that the character roster was apparently leaked this morning with characters like the Terminator might be a guest character. And that's fine, but the more guest characters you put in, the less chance that we actually want the characters to return are going to return. And yeah, I know a lot of people are probably thinking... Don't you like at least most of the cast that has already been currently revealed? Kind of. Sub-Zero is my favorite Mortal Kombat character. Kano is one of them as well. And the idea that Rain could be a character through concept art or menu art is also exciting. That's not enough for me, though. Because it just doesn't. Sh- it just showcases that I just don't want to spend a lot of money for a game that I might be playing as much as I play Injustice 2. And I don't play Injustice 2 really at all. And I think that's just because of the fact that like I just wanted all the characters. And I got them all. And basically with the gear system, I just play dress up with these freaking characters. I don't want that to happen with Mortal Kombat 11. So I feel like that at the end of the day, I'm definitely not getting this game day one. Kind of just like how Mortal Kombat X was. But if I had the current gen console, like a PS4, when Mortal Kombat X came out... I probably would I probably would have got it, but I I was a year too late to get it at day one. But I would have totally gotten that game at day one, which showcases that I'm just really not looking forward to eleven as much as I originally was, which is a shame. But I really hope they can turn it around. And hey, if Rain is a character, and they bring back Noob Cybot, they bring back Chameleon, they bring back Jax, they bring back Triborg as a character, not separate cybernetic characters. 
Cyber Ninja characters. Then we got another story. But for right now, Mortal Kombat 11 is not getting my seal of approval, but I will be continuing to follow the news with the next combat cast on the 12th. So we're going to take a little bit of a quick break from Mortal Kombat until next week, but we still are on the air. We got another 20 minutes before I kind of want to go to commercial. So the third thing that kind of has made me a little bit upset today was a little thing that I want to call delaying a certain comic book for the fourth freaking time. So for those who watched my first show all the way back in January 21st, I was, you know, talking about a certain comic book that I love, but I'm starting to love a lot less because of delays. That little title was called Doomsday Clock, and instead of it being like a five to seven minute rant, it might be a big portion of the show, but we don't know for sure. Basically, what Doomsday Clock has done is that they are a it's supposed to be a monthly 12 issue monthly series limited series about a sequel to the Watchmen which was originally a 1986 12 issue mini series about a parody of superheroes but was apparently loved so much that things were going to be you know pretty fun it's a really great book. I recommend it. And if you really want to try the movie, I think it's a good movie. So give it a shot. It's also been given really cool reviews. It's also gotten, it's also gotten prequels. So now there's kind of a sort of a sequel. It takes place seven years after the original story in 1992, November to kind of correlate with the fact. Oh God, 2017. That's when the book came out and it's a really fun story. But the idea that the continuous delays from Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, it starts to really take the wind out of my sails, literally and metaphorically. So they are currently at issue eight completed. Issue nine was supposed to be coming out on January 20th. Wait a minute, Ian, you're probably saying. If you said it started in November of 2017 and it was supposed to be a monthly series, why are we talking about it in February 2019? Well, dear viewer, the reason is that after issue three, they decided to make this a bi-monthly series because of the fact that they were just thinking that they underestimated the workload about a 36-page issue. Now, I don't want to be that guy. But back in 1986, when Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons created the original Watchmen, they had that page length doubled, and at least for the first nine issues, they were able to release that shit monthly. They kind of had some hiccups towards the end, but those were also pretty much 60 issues, 60 page issues or so. Basically, what I'm trying to say is. Maybe you should understand what a workload really is before you start saying that you can and can't meet it. Now, Jeff Johns might sound pretty familiar to some people in the DC universe because he was kind of like the Kevin Feige for the DC Extended Universe. Now, Kevin Feige is the guy who was the big master planner from the MCU all the way back in 2008 with Iron Man. 
He's now worth so much freaking money. They were trying to think that Jeff Johns, a comic book writer, could have came in and saved the day. Obviously, with how the success of Justice League is non-existent, regardless of how much I like that movie, from a business standpoint, yeah, it was a flop. It barely made as much money back, and it showcased that, you know, that Jeff John was putting way too much pressure on himself, too much pressure on his plate, and he was already teasing the Doomsday Clock when Justice League was coming out. Then he decided to take a break from that, so I'm thinking to myself, yay, he's going to take and devote all his time to Doomsday Clock. And he keeps teasing new shit, like, oh, look at me, I'm doing Green Lantern now. Oh, look at me, I'm doing a story about the possibility of three Jokers. In the same universe, coexisting at once. Oh, look at me. I'm like, hey, what about Doomsday Clock? Oh, that's that, 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 that's the gift getting delayed to uh, bi-monthly because I couldn't understand. I don't understand what a fucking workload is. So, yeah, obviously I'm peeved. And obviously I'm a whiny little comic book nerd. But here's the thing. If I promised you guys a weekly show for about an hour or two... <sighs> Wouldn't you be mad if I just said, like, I didn't feel like it tonight, so I didn't show up? I mean, yeah, 6 o'clock is kind of a rough time because, you know, I kind of don't do anything all day, but I'm starting to do stuff more because I'm picking up my mom and my sister from school and work. So, yeah, I kind of feel a little tired around them, but I still come out here. I understand I do give myself about a week to write a new show for you guys. Sure, an hour or two of work spread out between maybe like 10, 15 minutes of actually writing and practicing is probably child's play to storyboard, to writing, to drawing, and all that other stuff. But the thing is, I believe if you promise anything, you should at least do it within your means. Because, yeah, I did say a superhero show for two hours, and now look at me. I'm doing a Ian Hand hobby show for an hour to an hour and a half. But that was because... That was A, the pilot, and then B, I adjusted that for my audience to gain more of a general audience to get to know me more. I adapted and I adjusted. I didn't flat out just delay things until I figured out what I wanted to do with this book. So now that it's now bi-monthly, and of course we had many delays in between, don't worry. Number nine has officially been the most delayed issue. It was supposed to come out in January, basically starting off the new year a little bit better. It was pushed back from January 20th to January 27th. So I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, it's starting off fantastic already. So then it was pushed back to the 6th of February, then the 13th. I didn't even know it was to the 6th, and I know the 13th for a very long time. So I'm thinking to myself that, yeah, I won't be able to hang out with my girlfriend on Valentine's Day, but at least I'll be able to get Doomsday Clock issue number nine before then. And then I just got a nice little handy-dandy little message on a nice little email stating that it not only was it delayed to the 20th, it was now delayed to the 27th. And who's even to say it's going to stay at the 27th at this point? Let's be real. It's starting to just get a little annoying because it's like the thing that really bugs me is that it's not the fact of the delay. It's the quality of issue nine and the issues to come are what's in jeopardy because eventually it's going to come out. Eventually it's going to be finished. Hopefully by the summer, I won't ever have to say doomsday clock again is being delayed. 
I hope that by July, which is even stretching it a little too far, let's say specifically, let's say July in a good in the good universe, in the good ending. I don't run over any squirrels. I don't do anything bad for a whole gameplay through gameplay tour. I get the good ending. We still get some delays here and there, but it's over by July. And the bad ending, everything goes up in smoke. Everything's going to hell. It's finished by September. And heck, hopefully, maybe, hopefully it won't be pushed back to November of 2019 because then it's a two-year cycle to do 12 issues. Then that's where the embarrassment comes in. Only then. Hopefully we won't say no later than September. And if it's November, we're literally going to be... I'm basically hoping we, I have a big following by then. To continue being a jerk. Uh, specifically to Jeff Johns' face. Because I don't... I feel bad because I want to like this stupid book. I want to like it, people. It's getting just... It's just getting hard to do it. I understand that people specifically every day... Understand it like, oh, be patient. I, I am being patient. But it's just like... How good is this book going to be? How good is this issue going to be? It was delayed four times. Are they going to increase the page count? Probably not. Are they going to still have some stupid side stories that kind of connect to the overall main story but don't do a really good job about it because they want to be cryptic about it? Yes. It's going to be bogged down with that crap. It's going to be a weaker product as a result. And it's just not going to be fun. I want it to be fun. And then, like, after these nine, after issue nine eventually comes out, apparently issue ten is supposed to come out in late March. You even, I, I don't even have to tell you that they're going to delay this. Because I doubt that they're going to delay issue number nine four times. And they'd be like, oh, no, 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 we got, we got ten. Ten's coming out for sure in four weeks. You guys couldn't even do it in two. We couldn't do one issue two months apart. And I believe issue eight was delayed at least two times. So, like, come on. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing besides not this comic? I don't know. I'm not trying to sound that whiny. It just, it bugs me that someone thinks that they can just do this stuff and be like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, they should at least decrease the price because $4.99 isn't fun to pay for something that isn't coming out. Because like maybe I don't always have the five bucks. Because I don't have a job right now. Maybe I kind of want that. Because you know. Hey that's my five dollars for the doomsday clock. That doesn't come out. And then I end up spending it on something. Because I want the variant covers. I want to like this book. Stop making it hard for me. To like this book. And Gary Frank is doing his damn best. Because he keeps showing me really cool really really cool uh variant covers i mean i remember when issue four was being delayed but they're showing me covers for issue seven i'm like i don't think i'm ever gonna get to issue seven thankfully i did and it's actually pretty much the turning point of the story but again if you had to set up your your issue six issues in and then the seventh issue would start when stuff actually starts to happen that's when you're not doing a good job and now issue eight was really when stuff gets heated so you're trying to tell me that they're gonna have four issues and they're going to try to bring it all together, I don't think they're going to do a good job at that. I feel like that if this is going to be a big deal, it's supposed to be a big deal. I understand that it probably wasn't a super big crossover or a super big event comic, 
but it still should have been treated with enough respect that people would have liked it. Because it's supposed to, if it's, a, if it's supposed to be a bridge to another event comic, and the Watchmen characters stick around after the events of Doomsday Clock and Roar, and the new Rorschach gets his own series, oh my god, I'll love that freaking book. I will buy every issue of that Rorschach book. That sounds so cool. I mean, heck, I have better ideas than this guy right now. DC, hire me right after I get done being Liam Neeson's PR guy. I want to have many jobs. I would love to work with DC and do that and have a whole Rorschach series coming my way. For the mainstream DC to have Rorschach just do things in Gotham and kind of be like, I want to learn the way of the bat despite being Rorschach. That's so cool. Come on. DC, give it to me, please. Someone post post this to DC. Tell them that Ian Ham wants to work with them and make a Rorschach comic in the mainstream DC universe. Let me do it. It'll be so cool, I promise. But I can definitely guarantee you that issue 10 is going to be delayed, and then issue 11 is going to be delayed, and then issue 12 is obviously going to be delayed. I don't know why I'm even surprised. It's just something that's kind of disappointing, and I don't like to be disappointed. And we already have issue 11's variant cover, and it looks super sick. But again, like, am I ever going to see it? Probably by maybe May, maybe June or July. Either way, it just it just kind of messes with the overall balance of the universe. It would be really nice to have the idea that, hey, it was quote-unquote monthly again because I got it at the end of March. You know, because it will come out the same day. It's supposed to be March 27th. That would be really fun to have the whole, hey, look at that. It was suppo- It's monthly like it was supposed to be all those, all those years ago. But, yeah, like, I'm not trying to say I hate this story. But it's something that, like, I don't want to lose interest in it, and I feel like that's the only thing that's going to be happening. And I feel like that I have to reread this entire series every time before a new issue comes. Because I'm like, oh my god, what's happening? What happened last issue? Like, instead of reading all last issue, I want to see how it works as a whole story. And I guess when you finally have the good issues come in, like the issues that where the story's supposed to start and actually thing, have things happen... Yeah, it's a really good book. But damn it, am I just so damn tired of people consistently telling me to be patient for something I have been also patient for, but I'm not being rewarded for it in any way. I still think that if anything has to happen, the one thing is that the price should at least go down to three ninety nine a piece because... It's not a deluxe comic anymore. If anything, it's a story that only so many people are going to want to read and so many people are going to talk about. I think for all the patience that you guys should release them for a cheaper price. A whole dollar isn't going to a whole dollar less a piece isn't going to kill you because if anything, it just showcases that you still want the fans to like you. Because, you know, Gary Frank showing me stuff to come isn't good enough anymore. And I think you guys really need to see that. And I get it. We all want the Doomsday Clock on snooze. It might not be happy that we're still hovering around two minutes to midnight for the actual demise of our life. And I understand it. But I feel like that, if anything, I want this to be my year. And I think that this year, if anything has to go right, besides getting a job that I'm actually happy about, moving out and striking it out on my own, I want Doomsday Clock to finish before my birthday. That's August 19th. I think they can do it. I hope they can do it. I want to have faith 
which is what this entire book was supposed to be about. It's supposed to be Mark the Return of the Justice Society. It's supposed to be Superman punching Dr. Manhattan in his stupid blue face. Come on, DC. Just, just, just give me the Rorschach mainstream DC series. I won't bitch about Doomsday Clock Delays. I swear. Pass this on to them, guys. Tell it, get it, get your friend, your DC executive friend, and tell them that Ian wants to work on Rorschach. Pluck me out of obscurity, please. I'm a really cool writer. Give me a shot, please. So, yeah. Besides being annoyed, I don't really know what else to say about it. I will probably be giving an actual full review of Doomsday Clock. I want to say, hmm, whenever it's over. So hopefully, probably like I'll maybe I'll start it in November. Hopefully it won't be. Done. Hopefully it'll be way past done in November. I can collect some thoughts about it. I can do maybe like the first like third. I can divide it up because it's twelve. So I have so many different ways to do. I can do the first half. I can do the first two six uh, weeks in. I can do it by thirds. I can do it by quarters. Doesn't matter. I'll I'll figure it out. But again, hopefully, I won't have to be thinking to myself. Well, I'll wait till twenty twenty because we're still waiting on issue eleven, or issue twelve, or whatever. It 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 just it bugs me. But we're gonna be days basically just taking it one day at a time. Hopefully, we just get off the snooze button and have the doomsday clock keep ticking. The comic, not the actual doomsday clock that scientists are doing every year. That shit's terrifying. Check it out. They just did a whole thing about a couple weeks ago. Alrighty then. So we have about about two and a half minutes left before I decide to cut to commercial. So I kind of want to tease to people who are listening in what's to come. Basically, we're going to be doing some wrap-up and stuff, but one of the things that I kind of want to talk about is Valentine's Day is coming up. And I kind of want to give all the lucky guys in the room or in the listening viewing pleasure for the listening audience, some nice little tips to kind of survive slash maintain during Valentine's day. I have three little tips for both those who are single and those who are in a relationship, kind of just for some little fun things that I kind of realized that some guys that I know would probably benefit from. And I know I'm not much about an, of an inspiration or a advice guru, but I really hope that you guys give it a shot. I really appreciate if you guys want to listen in. Tell your friends that Ian Hand, the quote-unquote master of love, is going to give you guys some advice to be better people. But don't feel like that I am a master of anything. I'm basically just a very lucky guy who has a really great girlfriend. And I feel like that, if anything, I can't tell you the perfect science to be a good boyfriend or to maintain it or to be a guy who gets a girlfriend. But what I can tell you is experiences that I have seen both guys and girls have told me about in some really fun little short stories that I compiled into six little tiny things. And I feel like that if after reading these, you might become a little bit of a master of things. Basically, I'm just kind of killing time for the next 40 seconds before we kind of cut to the commercials. So, yeah, we'll be picking things back up at 7.04. So, if you guys still want to check that out, please feel free to. 
it's really cool, and I think that you might like them. So yeah, you have been currently listening to the Truth, Justice, and the Ian Hand Way. We're going to be taking a quick break from some advertisements, and we'll be right back after these four minutes of mandatory messages. Keep it real, guys. Hang on. There we go. Hey, guys, we're all back here. Thank you for paying attention. Sorry about those ads kind of looping stuff. Hope I don't get in any uh, trouble for that. I was trying to load some stuff up, and for some reason when I tried to play them, it just wasn't working. Sorry. But, hey, we're back to Truth, Justice, and the Ian Hand Way. And before I went to that really crazy loopy loop of uh, advertisements, I decided to talk to you guys about Valentine's Day and how to be a better person when it comes to, you know, surviving the holiday. And I mean, hey, I remember in high school, I didn't really like Valentine's Day. I ain't gonna lie. It wasn't a fun holiday. I hated how everyone else was happy and all googly eye and all that other crap. And I get it. Everybody has it their own way. Everybody's got their own thing. Now, I'm not trying to tell you guys how to feel about Valentine's Day because, you know, it's something that I think is important. And I think it's a fun holiday if you guys celebrate it. But it's like, obviously, it's a Hallmark holiday. Someone told someone that it's important. And, yeah. It's become this big, stupid thing that a lot of people want to try to judge on. Hey, do you love me? So buy me this or do this or do that. And for somebody who's currently poor but yet still has a really great relationship, I try to do what I can, maybe make homemade presents, maybe do something more like a thoughtful thing, like write a poem or something like that. So here are the things that obviously, like I said, I am not a relationship guru. I'm just a guy who got very lucky, very fortunate to be with somebody. And I feel like that as a result, I'm going to give you guys three tips to maintain a relationship and to also get into a new one. Now, I'm not trying to say that these are scientifically proven to get you either a perfect relationship or to maintain the one you're currently in to flawless results. It all depends on how things are and how you are as a person. I can't tell you that this is going to work. I can only tell you that this has worked for me and I'm going to pass it on to you. All right. So for guys who are currently in a relationship, and of course, just because I say that this is for the guys in a relationship, doesn't mean the single bros can't take notes and vice versa. These are all very important. I just feel like that these pertain a little bit more to one group than the other. But this is very subjective. Tell me how wrong I am later on. So, lotion and just care about how you look and how you are. God, if I can just tell you how much effort women put into their makeup, their clothing choices, and everything, it's goddamn ridiculous. I can't even begin to fathom on just how much they put into it. And guys don't appreciate it. 
If anything, guys get more mad when they like, oh, your natural face isn't your real, isn't the face I fell in love with at the club. I don't like you anymore. Blah, 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 blah. Any crap like that is stupid. Guys, you smell really bad. Yes, you and you don't think that you don't. We just smell bad if we don't do anything all day. Even if we don't do anything all day, we still can stink. We just sweat. We're just gross humans. Because humans are gross. That's why we have soap. That's why we have cologne. That's why we have deodorant. Put a little effort into how you look. Do some lotion. Lotion makes your hands soft, makes you look soft, makes you look moisturized. Looks like you actually did something with yourself. Because, yeah, I am that guy who's like, oh, well, my hair just looked okay, so I didn't really do anything with it. I didn't brush it. God, like, my wife, my, my, my girlfriend tells me how, many, how long it takes her to get ready. Maybe like 30 minutes or something. Like, it takes me 30 minutes to get dressed, brush my teeth, have breakfast. This is all not in any particular order. Never brush your teeth and then have breakfast. Maybe get, like, figure out what I'm trying to do, then get in my car and go. 30 minutes to get ready? That's ridiculous. Guys, I'm not trying to tell you to put 30 minutes in everything, and I'm not trying to tell you anything else besides just appreciate the amount of effort that your girlfriend puts into making herself look awesome on a daily basis for you because she loves you and wants to show you how beautiful she is. I'm not trying to tell you to reciprocate that same amount of effort, but reciprocate any effort, period. A smelly dude who doesn't shave, who never, ever puts deodorant on and smells like an otaku motherfucker isn't going to have a really girlfriend to come home to one day. She's going to look at that one nice, well-cut, clean-shaving dude who actually knows what soap is, and she's going to be with him because he appreciates the effort she puts in, and he decides her to his best. Get a shirt. Don't be looking like Sonic the Hedgehog fan club president. Look like a guy who knows how to dress to impress. Don't go on a freaking job interview, but look nice when you go out. There are so many great clothing stores that can help you. Just do the just do something. Do more than the bare minimum. It's not that hard, guys. And for all the guys out there to not be single, this one is going to sound a little weird. Be you, but better. Now, I know that sounds really weird. And it sounds like, well, easier said than done. Now, I'm going to share you with you guys some little secrets. I'm actually pretty damn anxious. I have some pretty bad anxiety. My depression's a little bit higher than it used to be. And even at times, I can be in a little bit of an introvert. But by how much I've been talking for the last 70-ish minute, for the last 71 minutes, minus those four minutes of commercial, so for 67 minutes, you wouldn't be able to tell that. I mean, maybe if you're a psychologist or something like that, but hey, you'll never catch me freaking out over little things, being sad all the time, and basically letting anything get the better of me. That's because I don't let my insecurities get the better of me in public i mean heck when i'm alone at night when i'm trying to go to sleep yeah i'm kind of a mess in comparison but i'm not gonna let you do i'm not gonna let anyone see me catch like that sure some of my friends have seen it but like those are my friends i feel like i can let those barriers down a little bit and let those people in a little bit more 
I don't want to say for sure that that's the case, but hey, I'm not trying to say that I'm perfect either, but just be someone who isn't those insecurities. Don't let those insecurities get the better of you when you're trying to talk to somebody. If you're a shy person, just don't be shy. I know that's easier. Like I said, it's easier said than done, but just don't let them know you're shy. Maybe if you're a little bit shy and you're a little bit of an introvert, maybe just be like, hey, how you doing? My name is so-and-so. How you doing? The worst that this woman can ever say to you is, no, I'm not interested or I'm with someone else, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sure, it hurts and it makes you feel a little bit like, I don't want to go through with this anymore. I understand that. But just give it a little bit of a chance and you'll be fine. Just be you, but don't... Just don't let those insecurities be what guides you in this conversation. You make your own destiny, and if they like you enough to let, and when you let your guard down and they show this insecure person, then yeah, that's fine. Let it be the case. I understand that we're all a little bit like, uh, well, I get it, but just don't. Don't be a puppet to something that isn't there. Even though, yeah, sure, like I said, I'm a slave to my anxiety at times. No one in public's ever going to see that. Because I force myself to be a better person, so can you. And I am a mess, guys. I am a freaking mess. All right, so to the guys out there who are in a relationship and to any guy out there, this is a public service announcement to men everywhere. Flush the goddamn toilet. I don't care if there's just pee in there. I have heard too many people, specifically guys who are my friends, tell me, well, if it's just pee in there, I don't really flush right away. It saves water. That's disgusting. Pee smells after a while, guys. It's yucky smelling. I don't care about the idea of the water bill. It doesn't affect a water bill that much. What it affects is your relationship with the people in the household. I live with someone who doesn't flush for any reason. And yeah, I know what you mean. Number two, also, I get to see that in the morning and smell it too. So give it a little bit of thing. Give it a little bit of thought. Is it really worth not being with somebody because I don't want to flush the fucking toilet? Do you want to save water or do you want to save the love of your life from having to ever deal with that crap? Because I'm not asking for much, but I think if any woman here is listening, how can a man provide for you if he doesn't even want to do the simplest thing of flushing the toilet? Think about that. And I know it's something ridiculous. Like, why would I ever have to think about it like that? A guy who can't flush the toilet is a guy who isn't dependable. It's a guy who cares about mediocre things rather than the big picture. Who rather cares about what he thinks is right than the right thing to do. Because pee smells bad. It's the right thing to flush the toilet. Sometimes I don't do it in the middle of the night because I don't want to wake anybody up. I'm a guilty person of this too. But it's at night... And I don't usually go up to pee that often in the middle of the night. So, kind of sort of my point. Just don't do it all the time. Don't do it and try to make an excuse. Just flush it when she's here, especially if it's not your house. Especially when it's not your house. That's disgusting. 
All it does is make me want to lock, get a bathroom door with a key and then bang, make people fucking beg for the bathroom. That's gross. Perfect way to maintain a relationship is just maintain that perfect hygiene. But just flush the damn toilet. It's not that hard. It's not that bad. Unless it's your work toilet. Fuck work. Just saying. Number two for the guys out there who are trying to find love. Respect her. Respect her ideas. Now, I know that this is probably going to come into the case of post-Me Too movement. But women have been dealing with crap from guys way longer than guys have been being called rapists by women and actually being taken to justice for it. So I think that maybe if you just treat them with respect, understand that feminism is not going away, understand that women are people too, I think you're going to find love just fine and you don't need to worry about anything. You might be like, well, feminism's stupid. SJWs are dumb. I hate how they're infiltrating all my things. I don't like the Ghostbusters movie because it's all female. Let's be real here. That movie being all female isn't the problem. It's the fact that anyone thinks Melissa McCarthy is funny. She was funny in Mike and Molly. Everything else is just downhill. So basically what I'm trying to say is, don't be that kind of guy who wants to die on his own hill of stupid ideas of something that some uh, your dad, your grandfather, or some idiot on Reddit said, saying that women are inferior to men. Because you know what? The second you start saying that, and the second you start being fucking confused about the fact that no woman wants to be with me, maybe if you just respected them a little bit more and respected the ideas of what the new modern age is all about, maybe we wouldn't be in this problem. Obviously. So the final thing for guys who are in a relationship, but this is something for guys to get in a relationship. Don't make the same mistake that guys do. And this is something that I heard not only my girlfriend say about her exes, but what I hear about guys and her friends with their boyfriends. Talk. Just talk. Just text her. Just show that you care for a second. I don't understand that. Between, like, people who, you know, like, I'm hearing a whole bunch of people just saying, like, yo, I'm just here to talk. Want to say how you doing? I don't, that takes, like, 20 seconds. Just say, I'm doing good. Can't talk right now. Talk to you later. That's it. You can just spare the stupid talks, all the things like, oh, man, my girl's driving me crazy, dude. This sucks, man. Like, I understand it. But the thing that drives me crazy is the fact that guys just don't do it. Like, I understand that, yeah, I don't like it when girls didn't do it either. And I have lost a lot of respect for girls. I've lost a lot of respect for myself. And I've lost some friendships just because some people just don't want to text me. I'm like, I might just want a little bit of a appreciation. If you text me enough to lie to my face and say that you're busy, it's better than just ignoring me and then having me to fucking deal with it. It drives me crazy. And I think it should drive anybody crazy. Talking is 100% guaranteed to solve your problem more than just letting it blow over. Because, girl, guys, girls love it when you talk about your feelings. It lets them see you for a person and not just that faceless husk that you are. You are more than a piece of meat, and so is she. If she wants to talk about her day, you fucking drop whatever the fuck you're doing and have her hear about her day. 
chances are she's going to care about you more than if you're going to do everything in your power to ignore her about her day. I don't understand why this needs to be written down. So stop trying to be that guy who thinks like, oh, talking's for stupid people. Get off your stupid toxic masculine high horse and be a fucking man. Talk to your wife, talk to your girlfriend, and just understand that she is the best you're ever going to do in this world. She means everything to you, then prove it. That's not that hard. I'm not asking for much. I'm not asking you to like freaking get a term paper going, get a PowerPoint every evening when she comes home and says, honey, this is how my day has been. No, just be there for her. If she needs you, be there. If she wants to talk to you, be there. You're going to have a great relationship if you just talk. And if she's not like that, sit her down and say, listen, we got to start talking more. If you love me as much as you claim, you can take the time out of your day to talk to me. If she's that same person that doesn't initiate the conversation, you be the guy to initiate it. This ain't rocket surgery, guys. God. And the final thing for guys in general, I'm going to channel my inner ASMR artist and just relax. Just relax, guys. Relax, 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 relax. And then I start tapping on stuff. I don't know if you guys can... I don't know if you guys can hear me scratching on the mic or tapping on it. Just relax. It's just a stupid holiday. It's just a stupid day of the year that car companies want to make it be like, oh, if you're alone, you're a loser. No. You have to find yourself. You have to find what you want. I've had a lot of problems growing up. I didn't have really any great male mentor to tell me the yes and the no's when it comes to relationships. I understand. It kind of is weird. And it's something that if you don't know what you're doing, it's going to be rough. Especially with this generation gap. Our parents have no idea what millennials are going through. And I feel like that I hope that they don't really change the technology that drastically when I have kids. Because I feel like it's going to be even worse. The only person I feel like I can really help with my sister, and she's in a relationship. And I feel like, again, it's still pretty like low-key. It's not so technology-induced. It's not like I met them online. It's kind of just like they met at school and they're kind of dating. They might be doing the technology that the kids are doing right now, which I don't know what's currently social media is super popular. I mean, I'm on Twitter because I kind of have to be out of financial obligation. My point is, I just don't know. And it's like, it's really hard to be out there. And I was very lucky to find somebody who is the same way as me, that they probably can't survive single in this climate because I don't know anything about this freaking technology. It's hard. But just don't make it a big deal. Find somebody. If you go to a place and you see somebody and they're just trying to have a good time, maybe just get to know them. Just talk to them. Relax. Just make it not about life and death. And if I need, if I can't find this one person right now, I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. Just take a breath. You're going to find her, guys and gay women. It's okay if I call you guys. 
Is that weird? Is that mean? Is that appropriate? Is that not? Please let me know. I want to be right. I want the LGBT to tell me what's yes and what's no, what's down and up, stuff like that. But guys, very general neutrally, guys, she's out there. She's waiting for you. She doesn't know it yet, but she's out there. When I found Andrea, my life changed for the better. And I relaxed. I told myself what I wanted. And almost by fucking thin air, she came. She appeared. It was the greatest day of my life. So just relax because she's out there. Just, she might not be here today. She might not be here tomorrow. But if you give up and you think it's hopeless, then she's not waiting for you anymore. She's given up and she's found the guy who relaxed and realized that she will be there one day. But you can't just be like, oh, it'll just happen. No, you have to work for it. You have to go places. You have to take charge. You have to showcase that you don't want to be alone. And if you really don't want to be alone, go out there. She's out there waiting for you. Go get her. And that is how you survive Valentine's Day. And that's how you survive life. Because Valentine's Day is just one day out of the year that someone else said to these girls that it's part that's important. The other 364 days of the year are just as important, if not more important. I can tell you right now that their birthday and your anniversary are 10 times more important than Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is just like the Christmas of love. It's kind of stupid and corny. It's a little superficial. And people keep getting pissed off when people don't celebrate it as much. For some reason. But... It's no big deal. Just remember to take care of yourself. Respect them and you'll be respected right back. Remember to talk and to always share your feelings. And just relax. It's not the end of the world. But it's always going to be a battle. You're always going to have to try to tell this person that they didn't make a mistake being with you. Because they can always do better. They always can do better. You and me, we're stuck with this woman. Not because we settled, because this is the greatest person on the planet. And we are fucked if we screw this up. But with that being said, don't take it as a scary thing in the world. Scary, I don't want to go out there anymore, Ian. I don't want to. Take this And prove me wrong. Prove me that she's right there tomorrow. Prove me that she's there today. Go out there. Explore your heart. And just do it. Speaking of do it. I don't know. I don't think I was going anywhere with that. But I believe, I think we're almost out of time, guys. I have about three minutes left. So I want to say thank you, guys. I uh, really hope that the new direction was a little bit better. I know, like I said, we're basically I'm trying to find my own footing here. So any little bit helps. Check me out at Twitter. My name is uh, Ian Hand Eleven. I'm the Cappuccino Cat Triple Shot. There's a little cute picture of a cat in the shape of a coffee cup. Ultra Instinct Shaggy is my little background art. So if you found me, congratulations. I only have ten followers. I want to double that. I want to triple that. I want to. What's 
a hundred times that, whatever. I want to get people to talk to me. I want people to know I exist. I want to be special. I want to be out there telling these world what it is, like it is, and no one's going to stop me. I can't do that alone. Tell your friends about me. I like everything. I can do any topic. I want to try to see where I can find my footing. I feel like this is a little bit better because I can talk about this for a good hour and a half versus superheroes for another two for another half an hour. I can't even begin to imagine what I'm even going to do for another 30 minutes, but we're done in two ish. But like I said, follow me, tell your friends, tell your friends about AP radio. We're really cool. We're a nice little station here in Hammond, Indiana. Please want to join us? Just Tweet at me, tweet at AP Radio, their Instagram, their Facebook, and their Twitter are all at AP Radio, the number two. That's A-P-R-A-D-I-O, the number two, at, on both the Instagram, the Twitter, and the Facebook. And I'm at Han 11 Cappuccino Cat, Triple Shot. Come on, guys. We all want to be out there. We all want to be known. Let's come over here. Let's make a big station out of this. Let's make a big family out of AP Radio. Come on in, guys. The water's fine. And I want to say thank you guys for hearing me ramble for about a good hour and a half. I'm going to probably play out with some commercials and stuff. But, hey, I'll be back next week. And we'll see what happens. Obviously, the next combat cast will be coming. So I'll talk about that and what else happens this next week. So hopefully some cool stuff happens and hopefully it's not chaotic and it's definitely not going to be political or religious. That's for damn sure. It's stupid. Also, check me out on the new Liquor Lizards. I don't know the official spelling, but check that out on Monday at 8.30 at AP Radio. And I'll be back here on Friday. So yeah, give us a chat. Give me a call. We'll be here. I'll see you guys next Friday at 6 on Truth, Justice, and the Ian Hanway. Have a good night, guys.